the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Freedom to obey. Uh, That's right. Freedom to obey. Next on Times of Refreshing. Created for a purpose. You and I have been created to be obedient to God. That's in our DNA. That's in our nature. But sin warps all of that. And now we're in bondage to sin and enslaved to that. The ability to obey God is warped. It's hard to do. But along comes Jesus giving us freedom to obey. That's what we're looking at today on Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. Hi, welcome to our program. Join us in 2 Timothy, won't you? Chapter 3, that's where we catch up with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman, now for today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing. A lot of people profess to love God and to know God with their mouth, but their hearts are far from Him. And none of us will truly know how much we love God until the devil sends us sends something our way as a temptation and we're willing to turn around, turn away and say, no, I'm not going to do it. Why? Because I love God too much. I love God too much. Doesn't matter. This has to become our perspective and we have to see this the right way. You know, commands for the New Testament church was not something that was foreign. Now in the 21st century with the church now, everybody's saying, take the limits off. Where the spirit of God is, there's liberty. Not realizing that though you may think you are free, you can be bound by your flesh. And I'm going to get into that. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I'm only going to get into this because sometimes we think that, that if anyone gives us any kind of boundaries, that it is a matter, like I've been saying, of legalism. No. Sometimes it's really liberty. Go to John chapter 15, and we're going to look at verse 10. Because not only do I love God and I want God to love me, but I want to abide in his love. I want to abide in his love. Look at verse 10. We'll look at verse 9 and 10. It says, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Isn't that awesome? I mean, think about this. Jesus was a man who was under authority. A lot of times we don't don't understand that. That Jesus Christ in his ministry... He was taking commands from his father. He says, I don't do anything except I see my father do it. He understood the power and the wisdom and the understanding that was associated with God's command. And it kept him safe in the way as he's going through and ministering salvation or or preparing a way of salvation for us. And so for us, saints, we got to get it in our minds that even Jesus Christ, he respected God's commands and he was a man that was under authority. All of us have to embrace this and appreciate this. But I love what he says. If you keep my commands, verse 10, you will abide in my love just as I have abide, just like I've kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. I want to abide in the love of God. 
I want it to be my resting place, my dwelling place. I want God to be happy with me at all times. Can I have an amen? I want God to be happy with me. I want God to look down at me and say, that bald-headed little guy right there, I just love him. That's what I want God to say. But I want God to say that about all of us. Part of the way in which we abide in God's love is we learn to keep God's commandments. We learn to align ourselves with him and see it as a matter of wisdom, to see it as a matter of understanding. Amen? Go to Acts chapter 1. I want you to see this. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, verse 1 on down to 3. It says, The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after, look at this, after he through the Holy Spirit had given what? To the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Before Jesus Christ ascended to the right hand of the Father, the Bible says here, that he, through the power of the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles. This is a New Testament standpoint. We don't hear about this enough. We talk about the old covenant commandments. We talk about those. And we know what Jesus did to institute a new covenant. But we don't realize that with the new covenant, here it is again. For 40 days he sat there and before he left, he said, this is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to do. I want you to do that. I want you to stay clear of that. I want you to do this. Why? Because just like the nation of Israel, now for us as the church, a nation in the midst of the nations, we are called to be different. We are called as people of God to go forth and to show the world what true wisdom and understanding is all about. And how do we get this? Because God has given us commands. He's given us commands, and we should embrace this and thank God for them. Amen? Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 17 on down to 19. It says, But as God has distributed to each one, as the Lord has called each one, he says, So let him walk. And so I ordain in all the churches. Was anyone called while circumcised? He's talking about the Jewish nation. People that were Jews who, who had experienced circumcision. From, an, from this standpoint, this is the context here. He's saying if anyone was called as a Jew or circumcised, he says, let him not become, become uncircumcised. Was anyone called while uncircumcised? Now he's talking about the Gentiles. This is the context. He says, let him not be circumcised. He says in verse 19, circumcision is nothing. And uncircumcision is nothing but keeping the commandments of God is what matters. Amen? Because I think what happens is, from an Old Testament standpoint, we see that the Jewish nations, they were required to be circumcised as a sign that they're a part of the nation, okay? And that God is sign of the covenant. And so what happens is, a lot of times we can take, if we're not watchful, the very laws that God has caused us to implement and establish and we can make them God and we can take the life out of what the original intention for the law was all about and I think this is something that we have to be watchful for when it comes to Christianity because you can come in here and and sometimes we do this saints we we can get really religious 
We get so religious and we start magnifying um, things that aren't necessarily biblical commandments, but they're traditions, you know, and man, I'm gonna get into this, but this is this is a problem, you know. We say, we'll say, you know, things like, you know, women can't wear makeup or they shouldn't be wearing pants and, and all this other stuff that's not even in the Bible. Can I have an amen? That's tradition. And then if somebody is, is, is wearing pants, we think that they're not saved. They're not saved, see? You know, she Jezebel. She got lipstick on. The devil is a lie. Can I preach on this today? And then, but that's not even in the Bible, Right. And then what we'll do, we'll magnify that. And then it's a shame. But but then the same people that are calling other people Jezebel and and the ones that don't wear makeup and the same ones that are cuss you out in the parking lot. But they don't say nothing about that. They don't say nothing. about The same one gossiping and backbiting. But because they look the part, they look the part. But at the end of the day, whether you're wearing makeup or wearing jeans or whatever you, if you're not being obedient, then, then we're all guilty, amen? The issue here is obedience to the commandments of God, not just the traditions. Now, we want to respect stuff as long as it doesn't cause us to um, overstep God's boundaries and whatnot that he's established through his word. But I, I think what happens is that this is the, the, the circumcised were glorying in their circumcision. And making it seem like the uncircumcision weren't right because they weren't circumcised. And then Apostle Paul sits here and he says, circumcision is nothing. And uncircumcision is nothing. But keeping the commandments of God is what matters. And so we see once again from a New Testament standpoint that God is after us being obedient to the commands. And what is it? It's wisdom and it's understanding. Amen. Go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And this is going to give us just a little bit more insight into what I was just saying. First Thessalonians chapter four, verse one on down to eight. It says here in verse one, finally, then, brethren, we urge and exhort in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more just as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God. Somebody say, please God. Commandments. We obey God. And what does it do? It pleases God. I want to find out through this Bible, from a New Testament standpoint, what pleases God. I want to know how to walk. I want to know how to please Him. God, just show me in this Word, and by the power of your grace in my life, I'll do it. Just show me what it is. Because I want to walk, and I want to please I don't want to please my flesh. I don't want to please the devil. I don't want to please the world. My main concern is making sure that I please God and through his commandments, he's going to teach me how to please him. And it's going to be wisdom and understanding in the earth. He says, as you ought to please walk and to please God. Look at verse two. For, you know, what commandments we gave you through the Lord Jesus. So Jesus gave commands to the apostle Paul that he shared that in turn helped the people of God to be separate and to walk and to please God. He says in verse 3, for this is the will of God, your sanctification, that means to be separate, set apart, that you should abstain from sexual immorality. That's a command. That you should know how you ought to, how, excuse me, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and in what? Not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. 
that no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this matter because the Lord is the avenger of all such as we also forewarned you and testified. For God did not call us to uncleanness, but in what? Somebody say holiness. God called us in holiness. Stop apologizing for holiness. Start thanking God for holiness. Start saying, I'm wise because of holiness. I'm wise because of understanding. God has helped me through his word to protect myself from all the heartache and the pain and the disappointment and the babies at a wedlock and the this and the that and the discouragement and the guilt and the shame and walking around depressed and I'm mad and I don't know why I did that and I don't even know understanding why did I get his number? Why did I get her number? I don't understand. Can I have an amen in here? But what happens is, saints, we don't look at it as a matter of God is wisdom. It's understanding. You're going to help me avoid a lot of headaches in my life if I just stick to your commands. Why? Because you call me in holiness. This is a, a beautiful call. And through your commands, you help me to stay clear of things that could defile me. For God did not call us to uncleanness, but in holiness. Look at verse 8. Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man, but God, who also has given us his Holy Spirit. Amen. And so I want to just say this to y'all when I'm up here preaching. Don't stone the mailman. Don't get mad at me. I didn't write this because, you know, people get mad and want to leave the church just because I said something that God said. I'm not going back there because they I don't know. I need to be free, free to do what? What we think a lot is freedom is not. It's bondage, amen? And we want to be set free in Christ, amen? The freedom to obey God. Go to Titus chapter 1. We're going to have a little Bible study here today. Titus chapter 1. Titus chapter 1, verse 10 on down, because we're going to bring some balance to this too. And I hit on this, but we're going to revisit it. He says in verse 10, For there are many insubordinate, both idle talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision. He's talking about the Judaizers, he says, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole households, teaching things which they ought not for the sake of dishonest gain. I want to stop there. So these individuals were coming into the church and they were teaching a message, but their whole motive for teaching the message was so that they can get money from the people, teaching for dishonest gain. And they were subverting whole households, tearing households up with their false teaching. And these individuals had an appearance of, you know, religion. And they looked the part, but their motivation and their heart was wrong. And Apostle Paul calls them insubordinate. They didn't want any kind of authority. They're just rebels, both idle talkers and deceivers. And so this is clear. His heart was, and he just exposed it. This is what they're doing. But then in verse 12, look what it says. One of them, a prophet of their own, said the Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. Maybe I need to start preaching like that. These lazy gluttons, these evil (laughs) beasts. Apostle Paul, but you see how Apostle Paul was very upfront about what he saw in the lives of these people. He said they're liars. Some of us couldn't sin under Apostle Paul's teaching. <laughs> he says, look at verse 13. He says, this testimony is true. He says, therefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith, not giving heed, now watch this, to Jewish fables 
and commandments of who? Who turn from the truth. Who turn from the truth. And so this tells me that in sometimes, in some cases, and I like what he, what he says here, and I said this earlier, a lot of times we'll make a tradition or a fable, a Jewish fable, or I like to call it superstition, something superstitious. We'll, we'll say that those things are the commandments of God, but really, in a lot of ways, it's just the commandments of men, man-made stuff. That's not truly biblical. And we have to be sensitive. We have to be able to really discern the difference between something that may be just a church tradition that is not a matter of salvation and it's not a matter of, you know, obedience to God, but it's something maybe the church, because every church has their own personality and flow in which God wants them to flow. We have to be able to discern the difference between that and something that is a commandment of God that is a salvation issue or an issue that's going to get us in trouble with God. And so it is clear from this passage of Scripture that he says... That there are Jewish fables and commandments of men who turn from the, tru- the truth. And Jewish fables also, saints, we got to learn to stop being so superstitious about things. Because this is also something that happens. You know, it, it, we have a whole denomination. We have a whole, you know, a whole movement in the earth that thinks that before you can do something, you got to do the sign of the cross before you even pray. Where'd that come from? Yo, stop, you can't, you got to do the sign of the cross first. We're not going to make it. It's just your tradition. It's, it's just a fable. I mean, it's just something that's made up that is tradition, but it's not commandment. Can I have an amen? We got to understand that when we're dealing in life because we want to be, be submitted to the commandments of God, but we don't want to get to a place where we're overstepping our boundaries and we're calling the commandments of men the commandment of God. Amen. And that goes for all of us. Sometimes we can be very, very superstitious about things. Very superstitious. And we got to watch it. If I didn't do it this way, then it's not going to work. This is my routine. Well, well, something happens to your routine. You're not going to make it now? Saints, I want to stay here because sometimes we can be superstitious. I didn't pray five hours today. I'm going to have a bad day at my job. Maybe God didn't want to talk to you this morning. Sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes, you, sometimes we think that it's superstitious. I didn't pray. I'm not going to have it. We should pray every day. Praise God. We should pray. But it should, be, it should be a lifestyle. We should always be praying. We should always be in a position where God is able to commune with us. Amen? Don't allow stuff to cripple us and to cripple you as you're going through life. Flow with God. He's with you wherever you go. And what does it do? It turns people's hearts from the truth. Now, this last passage of Scripture I want to end with, and I think this is appropriate, and I, and I believe that it will sum everything up. 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2, verse 1 on down to 11. And we're going to end with this. God's commandments, His statutes, His judgments, their wisdom, their understanding, they keep us in the way. But then also is a way in which we can test our love for God, but not only just our love for God, but our love for one another. We have to get to a place where we're living and wanting to be obedient to God because we love God, but also we love one another and we want to be examples for one another. Amen. Look what he says in verse one. First John chapter two. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He's our high priest. We go before him. If we confess our sin, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Verse two. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins. That means that he was the price that was necessary, 
He was the price that was paid. Jesus Christ is not only the high priest, but he's also the offering. And so for all of us, we have to realize that he was the price that was paid for our sin, but he was the only price. He was what was necessary to atone for our sins. God would accept nothing else that would completely free us from sin. He himself is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. Now, by this, we know that we know him if we keep his what? Can't say that we know God, but we won't be obedient to God. Look at verse four. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. We have to make it a lifestyle of keeping his commands. What happens? God gives us wisdom. He gives us understanding. We begin to learn more about him through practicing his statutes and his principles and his commands. Verse 5, but whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this, we know that we are in him. I want God's word. I want his um, uh, truly the love of God is for, I want the love of God to become mature in me. I want it to grow in me. And for all of us, this is something that we should desire. He says in verse six, he who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Brethren, I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment, which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment, I write to you which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Saints, when we get to a place in our lives where we are obedient and it's not just a matter of being obedient because for our relationship with God, it's because it's also a relationship with our brother, bro, fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, then we're getting to a place of true maturity and it's a sign that we really love and know God. You know, unfortunately for a lot of people, uh, they say, well, I just want God. But your obedience also is for your brothers and sisters in Christ. And we have to learn to think this way. You doing right is a blessing to somebody else, that's the person that's sitting right next to you. And in fact, you're doing right and you being obedient, keeping God's command can be the wisdom and the understanding that they may need to get on the straight and narrow in their life. But if people see the contradiction in our lives, it's going to cause them to question our relationship with God, too. We want to be individuals that have this healthy balance in our lives where, yes, I want to please God, but I'm also living my life to be a blessing to other people. I want them to see my obedience, and I want it to help to change them, them too. And so, saints, this afternoon, I want to challenge you. Stop thinking that obedience is a bad thing. And that commands are bad things. That God's rules or a statute, they're not. God told the children of Israel that this will be your wisdom and your understanding. 
so that people that are out there in the world, when they start thinking about Christianity in the church, they say, man, these people are wise. Man, they love God. They keep themselves clean. They're not getting involved in a bunch of junk. They don't get involved in the carousing and the, and the debauchery that we see in the world. What is it about them? And when they look to come out of their bondage, they can come right, right to us. Unfortunately, the testimony of Christ from this standpoint, a lot of ways, has been, uh, has been called into question. It's not because of God. It's sometimes because of the things that we do. But this afternoon, I'm challenging you. I'm challenging myself to say, God, help me to be obedient to you so that I could become wise and have understanding and be a blessing to you with somebody else around me that's looking for answers. I can't say that I love you if I'm not willing to keep your commandments. Amen? A production of The Well Christian Community, this has been Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. As we close out our time together today, we trust and pray our time together has encouraged you in Christ, has encouraged you in your walk and relationship with Him. If it has, we'd love to hear from you. Now, there are a couple of ways you can get a hold of us. By phone, of course, the easiest, 925-292-7800. Again, you can reach us at 925-292-7800. You're also welcome to write to us. Address your envelope to The Well Christian Community, 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore, California, the zip code 94551. Of course, you can always stop by our website. You can learn all about us at thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net. You can even take advantage of a few links, one of which will take you to our Facebook page. Or if you're on Facebook, simply look for The Well Christian Community. Don't forget, as you visit our website, take a moment and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. You can also follow Pastor Napoleon, by the way, on Twitter. His address, at Napoleon Kaufman. All one word, at Napoleon Kaufman. We thank you for spending time with us again today and look forward to seeing you next time we get together as we continue looking at God's Word for times of refreshing. Until then, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life and may He bring you a peace that passes all understanding.